Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. I love Easter morning. So great to get out of bed and just sense the excitement about even just going to church that day because you know uh, there's going to be more people in the room than normal. There's going to be more excitement in the room. I get on social media and I see, you know, people quoting, you know, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Everyone is excited because we are remembering that Jesus Christ rose again. And we have a whole day to, to celebrate that as a church and as Christians. And that's one of the reasons why Easter moves around because it's still celebrated in connection with Passover. That Sunday, we want to celebrate the resurrection as Jesus rose on Sunday right after Passover. But here we are just about as far away as you can get from Easter on the calendar. Easter's normally in late March or somewhere early to mid-April, and here we are in early October, uh, as far away on the calendar as you can get from Easter. But today, it's good to have a little bit of Easter in October because we are reading the resurrection account in the Gospel of Luke. We look at Luke 24, 1 through 12 today. And as we do, I want us just to remind ourselves that Easter is not just for Easter Sunday. Uh, Really, we should be celebrating the resurrection all the time. That's one of the reasons why churches have traditionally met on Sunday morning, why that's been referred to as the Lord's Day, because that's the day He rose again from the dead. And also, the resurrection isn't even just something that we should be celebrating on Sunday. Our whole life is possible because Jesus rose again from the dead. As we're reminded in 1 Corinthians 15, that's what it all hangs on. If Christ did not rise, our faith is worthless. We should be pitied more than anybody else. And that's one of the reasons why in sharing the gospel, I like to bring it back to the resurrection. Did Jesus rise again from the dead? If he did, then the Bible is true and we should follow everything that it says. And if he didn't, then it's all a big waste of time. But we know that he did and it's recorded for us here in Luke 24. It says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And so there we're reminded the angels tell them he has risen just like he said. And so even as we consider, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, that's one of the main connections that I want us to make is he has risen just like he said he would. That we serve a God who does what he says. 
And this is just another amazing example of that. He did exactly what he said that he would do. And we should be excited about Easter. What's the significance of Christ rising from the dead? Well, in some ways, again, it's the stamp of approval on everything that he has done. How do we know that his sacrifice on the cross was received? Because he was raised from the dead. And you and I, we need more than just the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf to pay for our sins. We need that new life within us. We need hope to live a different life and to have eternal life beyond the grave. And that the resurrection confirms all of these things. May we never sell short the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You've probably heard me say this before, but you know, we, we hear so much about you know, living a cross-centered life and you see people wearing crosses as jewelry or hanging crosses. Well, where's the book called The Empty Tomb-Centered Life? And where are the empty tomb necklaces, right? And I've had somebody show me, and I certainly don't say that to say we should think any less of the cross. No, that would be impossible. impossible. Um, but what we need to make sure we do is don't think uh, too little of the resurrection, of Jesus Christ. The, the cross and the empty tomb, you, you can't have one without the other. We need both of them. So may we celebrate the empty tomb today. And, and that really, that thought of, of God doing what he says is going to be important for us as we dig into another part of our reading, another amazing chapter that we're starting today, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, what's often called the hall of faith, And we're going to look at the first 12 verses today. And it begins, again, this might be familiar. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And that's a good definition of faith, right? It's it's believing something that, that you can't see, right? And we at all, at some point, like we even have to accept the resurrection of Christ on faith, right? You didn't see it. I didn't see it. That doesn't mean that there's no reason why we believe it. No, we have written historical accounts like we just read. We have eyewitness accounts of what happened. There is good historical reason to believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But there is a level in which, you know what? You still did not see it. And I did not see it. And we take it on faith. And one thing, though, is that that's common how we think about it. The other thing I want us to think about when we think about even that definition of faith is it's not just referring to kind of events or realities, right? Next, it, in verse 3, it talks about creation. And again, are there good reasons to believe God created the world uh, as opposed to it all just evolving by random chance? Yes, there are great reasons to believe that. But to some extent, you are accepting that by faith because guess what? You did not see the world get created. So we believe those things by faith. We're convicted of what's true, even though we haven't seen them when it comes to realities or events like the resurrection or creation. But also, I want you to think of another category that's not really just an event or something that did or didn't happen that we accept by faith or or something, you know, we believe that God is there. We believe God is a reality. But think about this also uh, just in the extent of God keeps his promises. That is something that I hope for 
and have an assurance of. That is something that I'm convicted of, even though I can't see God, right? I I still believe that he will believe his promises. And even think of all the attributes of God, his character. I, I have assurance based on those things and convictions based on those things, even though I can't see them. And then it starts getting into the examples of Abel, of Enoch, of Noah, and then of Abraham and Sarah. And that's where you could spend so much time going through each one of those. Right now, even the youth ministry at our church, Plants and Pillars, is teaching through Hebrews 11 and even doing some deep dives going back to the Old Testament on some of those characters. If you want to check out the Plants and Pillars podcast, you can do that and hear those things. But one of the examples here that's stood out to me more recently is the example of Sarah in verse 11. And again, it comes back to God keeps his promises. In verse 11, it says, By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. And so there it reminds us, Sarah, she received power to conceive, even though she was way past the age that any of us would say that was even possible. But she did it because she believed God would be faithful. And we're all going to reach moments in our lives where we look at the future and we believe God is going to do something. And that's where we need to be careful and make sure those beliefs are actually based on God's word and his promises and not just a feeling that we have. But we're, we're looking at a situation where we don't know how it's going to work out. Kind of like Sarah didn't see, well, how in the world am I going to have a child? And at the end of the day, her response is, I don't know. But what I do know is God keeps his promises. And that's where you're going to come in situations where it's like, this stinks. How is this going to work together for good? I don't see that. But what I do know is God keeps his promises. And God has said he will work all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Or you may look at a situation where you or your church has has a need and you're trying to figure out and you don't see how that need is going to be met. And you need to say, well, I don't see how it's going to be met, but I know God keeps his promises. He is faithful. I consider him faithful. And he has said, my God is able to supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So even as you might look at a situation in your life saying, I don't know how this is going to work out. Trust that God keeps his promises and let the resurrection be exhibit A in that. Let's move on now to Isaiah 54 through 57. And just a couple things to point out here. Isaiah 55 is just one of my favorite calls to repentance in the Bible. And that's where we got to see the both and yesterday. There was a very strong call to repentance, even just based on the warning against God's judgment. And we need those warnings. We also need the calls like today that remind us that what God is offering us is way better than anything else. And we see that in Isaiah 55, where it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your bread for that which is, why do you send your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. And delight yourself in rich food. And then you see he's calling them to incline their ears to him. Or in verse 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. 
and let the wicked forsake his way, let him return to the Lord. Right? This is a call to repentance. And the call to repentance is saying, hey, leave behind all that worthless stuff and come to the feast that actually satisfies. And that's a good reminder for us as well. The way of the world does not end well. As our reading ends today in chapter 57, there is no peace, says God, for the wicked. But with God, there is a feast and there is life. And again, though, you might say, well, how is that working out? And there's going to be situations where it's like, well, but how is this a feast for me? And and your life has some very significant trials or loss. And and verse 56, chapter 56, reminds us of some of those people. It talks about the foreigner, right? The the foreigner who seemed, you know, how am I ever going to really be included? Because I'm I'm kind of an outcast. I'm not part of the the nation. Or it talks about the eunuch, right? I, I, I am a dry tree. And God makes promises to them saying, hey, those eunuchs who, you know, you can't have kids, which would have been a devastating thing in that society. He, he says in verse five, I will give in my house and within my walls, a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. And I will give you an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And, and then he speaks to the foreigners that he's going to bring them in and make them joyful in his house. And you might be going through a situation where there is, where there is loss and you've lost a spouse and you're a widow. And now you're saying, well, what, what, what is there for me? Or you want to have kids, but for some reason you can't, or you want to be married, but that's not working out or it's not happening on your timetable. Be reminded of God's promises and just God's care for those that seem to be missing something that on a worldly level, and even from a Christian perspective, we would say it's a good and it's a good thing and it's a blessing, but we can trust that God is faithful. We consider him faithful who is promised. And in light of that faithfulness, we should be thankful. And again, that's what we see in Psalm 116, a psalm of thanksgiving. And we finish that psalm today with verses 10 through 19. And again, you see just this theme that he is being thankful. Uh, Look with me at verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. And he's in verse 17. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. So as we remember the resurrection with a little Easter in October, may we be reminded that God is faithful. He keeps his promises so we can trust him. And may we respond by crying out to him with thanksgiving and calling upon the name of the Lord. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.